0: Hey, you listen to conservative talk radio all week. Why don't you try something different for a change? The Majority Report with Sam Cedar is a five-time award-winning daily left-wing political talk show. We go live every weekday at 11 a.m. Central Time on our YouTube channel. You can find it by searching for The Majority Report. We talk about the news. We take libertarian callers. We have debates. We interview guests on topics ranging from the post-Civil War Reconstruction era child poverty capitalism the intellectual dark web and more and that's all just within the last month if you want to hear what smart progressive political talk that is occasionally amusing sounds like then you need to tune in and you're always welcome to call in if you want to hear the correct opinion on any given topic i will give it to you tune in to the majority report at 11 a.m central time on youtube or later wherever you get your podcasts
1: WVNN You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison the time has come for america to hear the truth
2: we are going to stand with
1: them and not only are we going to fight for their rights we're going to stand up for our rights here in our state in our homes and in our community one day longer one day stronger one day longer one day stronger the future of labor's rights in the United States of America is not going to be decided in the courts, it's not going to be decided in Congress, it's not going to be decided on talk radio, and it's sure it's not going to be decided on Fox News. Solidarity forever, solid-
3: Good morning, Tennessee Valley. This is the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co-host and fellow agitator, David Story. It is Saturday, March 20th, 2021, and we are broadcasting live online and on the radio on WVNN in the Huntsville, Decatur, Athens listening area from Athens, Alabama. A recording of this program will play tomorrow, Sunday, March 21st, 2021, on the great WGOL in Russellville, Alabama. Today, first, we are talking to Adam Obernar, a RWDSU organizer, about the Amazon Union campaign down in Bessemer. After that, we are talking to Anna Mudd. She is legislative staff for the National Association of Letter Carriers about the repeal of the Postal Service's pre-funding mandate. If we've got time, we'll take some calls, talk about a couple stories and more on today's Valley Labor Report. So thanks for tuning in, folks. Here's an announcement right at the top. This Saturday and every Saturday, the North Alabama DSA holds a necessities drive uh, from 3 to 5 p.m. at the IBEW Local 558 Union Hall on Clinton Avenue, right across from Yellowhammer and Campus 805 in Huntsville. So if you're in the area and you want to drop off some clothes, some non-perishable food items, blankets, uh, PPE, then swing by the IBEW Local 558 558 Union Hall on Clinton Avenue in Huntsville, Alabama, right across from Campus 805 and Yellowhammer Brewing from 3 to 5 p.m. every Saturday. And that means this Saturday. The donations are all forwarded to the Manahouse, House, so they're going to a good place. You can follow at DSA North Alabama on Twitter for more information. So if you want to see what we're up to throughout the week, get our snide quips about the news of the day, then you should follow us on social media. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Valley Labor Report. We're on Twitter at Labor Reporters. I'm on Twitter at Jacob M underscore A-L. David is on Twitter at Radical Unionist. That's spelled R-A-D-I-C-L Unionist. If you missed part of the show and want to go back and watch it later, you can search YouTube for The Valley Labor Report and subscribe to our channel. Uh, we You can go back and watch the full show there, and we do... Do clip segments and release them throughout the week. So if there's just one thing you want to watch, you can find it there without having to watch the whole show. We also upload the program on more than 11 different podcasting apps. So to see if we are on your listening platform of choice, go to thevalleylaborreport.transistor.fm. We've got a website where you can get our fantastic USA union-made hats. That is thevalleylaborreport.org. They are $35. That includes shipping. shipping. Shipping, and it's really good. It's really good, folks. It's a good hat. I wear it all the time. Even though it's a bit cheesy to wear your own merch, I wear it because it's a good hat. Uh, Another way to support us is if you appreciate our work and want to help us stay on the air, you can make a monthly donation to the show on patreon.com slash thevalleylaborreport. So, uh, Adam Obernauer. He is an organizer with RWDSU, and he's incredibly busy at the moment, as you can imagine. Uh, uh, He's only one of the lead organizers on the most important and largest union election in my lifetime. So, you know, no pressure on him at all. And he has taken time out of his busy schedule to talk to us on... on, on talk radio here this morning. So, Adam, thank you so much. I cannot begin to express how, how appreciative I am of you taking the time to talk to us this morning. Thank thank you very much.
4: Yep. Welcome in. Thanks for having me. Yep.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we are very grateful, uh, very grateful to have you here this morning. And uh, so, you know. Uh, to start us off, help us get an idea of your place in the campaign. I know you're an organizer with RWDSU, but what's your official title? And like, what are you technically doing? Like, what what are you doing in the campaign?
4: Sure. Um, so I am an organizer. I uh, in New York. I uh, I am the director of our retail organizing, and so uh, we we over we do other things other than retail and supply chain and everything else. But in this campaign specifically, I and running the the phones. And the phone bank is a pretty big component to the campaign because of COVID-19, which was how we had to try to figure out how we were gonna navigate this whole, you know, not meeting in person in the same way that we're used to. And as we all know, as unionists, I mean, meeting in person and building your union is the most important part of creating solidarity that can, that can win and that builds a real union. Right. So it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting component of, of what I've been doing here is certainly, um, newer to me in thinking of it in, in that sense. But I've been running the phone banks and the phone banks, the trainings on onboarding people to making calls, um, and, you know, providing the materials that arm everybody on the phones with enough to navigate sometimes difficult conversations or easier conversations. And, um, and, and yeah, so that's mainly my focus overall, in addition to helping with the strategy of the campaign down um, uh, with the folks in Alabama. So that's, that's been the main focus. And on the day to day, it's, it's a whole lot because we do a lot of phone calls we have a lot of pivot conversations we connect to the ground all the time and it's a whole like massive operation with multiple tiers um you know in which workers are reaching out to when and we have a bunch of different uh tiers of, of different organizers making calls so it's pretty cool it's a pretty cool operation overall
3: yeah yeah sounds like it and and uh, you know uh, definitely like you said with organizing during the pandemic the phone banking takes a, a much larger role than it than it would be uh, otherwise so your your place kind of leading that part of the campaign is, is very important how did you get um, you know what what made you want to be a staffer a union and, and and be an organizer what was it that that drew you to the labor movement and and you know want want to do this professionally
4: so that's a good question i uh... I had a lot of really bad jobs um, when I was in, in high school and then college and, you know, the the standard where you have you're working two jobs or three jobs and you're going to school. And it's funny that I, I got a job at a supermarket and it was the first time that I had a job where I was like, oh, there's a union. And I, I was like, oh, OK, I don't know what that means. Whatever, you know, I guess. And uh, it was it was a little uh, f- uh, interesting to me. I was like, oh, wow we get we get double time on the weekends here so i was making 10.85 an hour next thing i knew my check was 21 and change on weekends and i was like though well, that that's crazy why do we why do we have 21 bucks an hour how do we get that you know and so i think for me, too, uh, there was health care provided for, for a grocery job. At the time, I was working in um, in a warehouse, uh, p- p- packing papers, which was really uh, n- you know, not the most desirable job, and have had multiple other jobs where I just didn't expect that level of uh, treatment. So at the end of the day, I was going to college, um, uh, doing, doing science, trying to study science, maybe become a teacher. Uh, at the end of the day, I did none of that. I just got involved with the union and the labor movement. And then started working for the union to organize part-time workers because I was a part-time worker working 29 hours a week at the grocery store and uh, and so so yeah uh, that's that's my my journey and I thought it was going to be something that was just short-lived I'll try to do this I don't know and uh, next thing I know uh, 12 12 years or so later I'm still here and I'm still years? organizing how old are you and I'm I'm 34.
3: What? Okay. Wow. I had, no, I thought you were like my age. Okay. Wow. Well, that's that's amazing. That is really that's that's really wild. Um, that uh, that that you've been doing this for so long, and it, and it was it was kind of you know just kind of an accident. That that's really that's really neat.
2: I don't know if it's an accident. I mean, it sounds like you know you, you get the same way that I started in a yeah. in a in a grocery store, and there's a union there, and then all of a sudden. You recognize how important it is and go mm-hmm. go to doing God's work and organizing workers. You know, that's right. a great, that's a great, great history.
3: Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, you know, can you back to the uh, union campaign here? Can you give us like, uh, you know, you said that the it's it's really big the phone banking part of the campaign. Can you put some numbers to that? Like, how many how many folks are participating? How many folks are making calls into the uh, um, into the the warehouse? And uh, you know, how many are from out, uh, outside of RWDSU? What are some of the the larger groups? Stuff like that.
4: Yeah, so that's a really good question. So we've had well over 100 people on the phones. And when I say well over 100, uh, you know, that's as over time, right? So we've had phases of different phone bankers coming in. Um, I think if I had to pinpoint the number, it's probably I think it was like 113 the last time I checked, but we've we've onboarded more people since then, um, and and so overall, it's it's just a massive operation. And in fact, we had to at some point just turn some folks down because we had so much appetite for people uh, to want to be involved in the phone banking and the process of onboarding takes a little while because we're really tight with everything with the data we want to make sure that everything is just being done in the same way right so that we don't have just a mess it could be very messy having a hundred plus people from different organizations making calls and so um, as far as the solidarity I mean that's one thing as someone that has been you know uh doing organizing for a bit I've, I've never seen anything like this you know i've never seen anything like the amount of people that are coming to want to help it's really like a movement moment almost is how i see yeah. it yeah. uh but for volunteers that we've gotten um uh, just to say a couple organizations and everything um we got vol- volunteers from the afl-cio some of their, their staff there the working america um, the UAW, National Nurses United. Some of the members there have been involved. AFT. So we had t- have had teachers. We have pol- the Postal Workers Union. We've got U- UFCW, uh, UFCW Local 21, the Seattle area Labor Council, the MLK Labor Center from Seattle. Um, the worker centers like Brand Workers uh, from New York, uh, Unite Here, OPEIU, TWU. Wow. <laughs> I mean. It's crazy. Uh, the the Bernie for Labor folks um, th- th- through Jonah uh, helped us like get a whole crew of people who have been making calls through Jonah Furman. Um, it's been wild. You know, it's really been special and something that uh, is new to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've been organizing for a bit and I've never seen this outpouring of solidarity. I wish it uh, happened every time there was a campaign, yeah. um, in, at least in a local manner. But I think hopefully it's something that might. Um, might create a spark and and hopefully we can create this kind of solidarity locally in, in other campaigns too yeah
3: what's but, the what's the proportion of like you know i, I know that basically kind of all, all, a lot of the rwdsu staff internationally is their attention is being focused on this campaign but what's the proportion of folks that that are you know of those hundred and 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 some odd folks uh how many are from rwdsu versus outside of the union <laughs>
4: So at the RW, we have probably uh, between thirty and forty callers, depending on the day, um, that are staffed with the union or members of our union. We have members calling too, uh, mm-hmm. some of the stewards and and uh, from different shops. So that's that's also a component of it. And then in addition, which I didn't mention, of course, we have the the worker to worker component of the phone yeah, bank, which right. is you know Amazon workers calling their coworkers as well. Yeah, and and I can yeah. tell you from what you know what
2: what my mindset is is what. I would really love to see y'all do is take this to the next level, to the next warehouse and, Mm -hmm. and use this, you know, build off of this same component and, uh, and make, make it, make it a run and not just Mm -hmm. a one, one off. And, and hopefully from what I've heard, y'all've got callers uh, from other warehouses has called you. So that would be wonderful to spin this into a nationwide organizing event.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, I'll let him answer that on the other side of the break. See, see what, uh, um, see, see what they want to divulge as far as uh, plans <laughs> after, <laughs> after the campaign. But that, that is, that's really great, and that's one kind of unique part of the of this campaign is the solidarity. We'll be right back on the other side. Stay tuned.
1: You're, You're listening, listening to the, the Valley, Valley Labor Report with David, David Story
3: and Jacob Morrison. The attorneys at Maples Tucker, Tucker and Jacobs have.
2: All workers deserve fair wages, affordable health care, and a retirement plan that enables them to retire with dignity. All workers deserve to have a say about the terms and conditions of their employment, not just the bosses. With the Machinist Union's over 600,000 members having our back, Local Lodge 44 in Decatur, Alabama has been serving workers' interests for over 20 years. Our members have the best health insurance in the area with zero deductible plans. We set the bar for pay in the area with over $40 an hour rates, consistently averaging the highest non-college degree jobs in North Alabama with some of the best retirement plans in the industry. We can do the same for you. Together, we remain united, raising our voices to ensure justice on the job and service in the community. The Machinist Union is a true Southern Union, founded in Atlanta in 1888. We have been serving members' needs for 132 years. The longevity of our union proves our dedication and loyalty to the working class. The Machinist Union isn't just for machinists. We represent workers in government, healthcare, auto workers, aerospace workers, transportation workers, the defense industry, and woodworking. Our members even build the iconic Harley-Davidson motorcycles. If you're ready to get serious about better benefits and wages, if you want to have a voice in your workplace with over 600,000 members to back you up, call or email us today at 256-286-3704 or... Organize at IAMAW44.org.
3: The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time. But the attorneys at Maples, Tucker & Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker & Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandjacobs.com. And No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. Here in Huntsville, federal employees are an invaluable part of the nation's defense, offering unmatched expertise in engineering and technology and as stewards of taxpayer dollars. What we ask for in return is to be treated with fairness, dignity, and respect. The American Federation of Government Employees, AFGE, Local 1858, is a union of working people looking out for each other, making sure that we're treated right. To inquire about joining or to learn more, call 256-876-4880.
5: Hey y'all, are you tired of hearing that the South is just a bunch of racist rednecks? Or tune in to Dixie Land of the Proletariat Podcast. We talk about Southern working class history and current events through a leftist perspective. Join Nelson, Senior Telecommunications Director Tommy comrade kate former pig farmer tyler and brother william wherever you stream your podcast and good lord willing the creek don't rise we'll see y'all next time it's dixieland of the proletariat y'all wvnn depend on it
1: a population burned up let's try
3: My name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co-host, David Story. On the line, we have the incomparable Adam Obernauer of RWDSU. He is the organizer running the phone banking campaign for uh, for the Amazon union election. And, uh, you know, that's that's a really kind of unique thing that you were talking about with this election, is the amount of solidarity, the outpouring of support, uh, and the willingness of the union to, to accept the help, I saw uh, it was the Huffington Post's labor reporter Dave Jamison, I believe. He said that he met Chris down there, who's doing y'all's video, and said that he just drove down from Oregon and was like, "Hey, I want to help," and he <laughs> said, and y'all were like. Okay, you know, you can help us. I mean, obviously, you know, you vetted him to a certain extent and you, you know, made sure that he was, he was like the real deal and he wasn't some kind of weird Amazon psyop or something, but, but like, you know, he just, he's just like somebody who's really passionate about it and he came down and now he's like on staff with RWDSU doing y'all's videos. Like that's, that's like cool as hell, man. That's awesome.
4: Yeah, I think uh, it, it's pretty special and I think that, you know, a lot of the credit goes to just uh, the the leadership of the union's willingness to also open the doors here. Yeah. I know that mm-hmm. um, we we've put together a pretty comprehensive community canvas too, which I know y'all are familiar with. Mm -hmm. And it's not really us putting it together. It's the, it's like the Birmingham DSA, the Birmingham black lives matter, Mm -hmm. our revolution, um, the PSL, uh, the socialist alternative has been phenomenal and all these groups that we kind of just opened the doors to, we did this similar thing on the phones. Right. And Mm -hmm. so we feel like, you know, bringing the movement back to the labor movement is a real Mm -hmm. important thing here because um, you know, we, we can't just be fully open all the time, but. There's a really um, uh, labor, a lot of folks in the labor movement are very suspect of people coming under the tent, yeah. mm-hmm. and I understand that. I mean, I totally understand and relate to why, um, especially with like you mentioned, Jacob, like vetting people and not knowing who they are and everything mm-hmm. else. But at the end of the day, like we can't be a strong labor movement if we're not uh, welcoming people in right. and building with people um, that ha- that are from different organizations or volunteering um, for uh, different left groups or whoever. And I think. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with the phones it's it's really special but it's also special just in like you mentioned with Chris and with other people that are just so passionate that come down and we're trying to be um, respectful of this in, in, a, in a way that is building the labor movement um, beyond just our union and beyond just mm-hmm. this campaign right and that's the one thing that I think is is kind of what you mentioned David uh, on the other side of the break is like the idea of bringing this to other places well you know the 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 birmingham dsa and the blm and these local groups there are local groups in other places that are going to be worth connecting with and how do we build this from like the 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 micro level of the 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 local communities and then to the macro level of other support like uh the the larger black lives matter network and other like larger solidarity that that we're looking for uh, overall because you know, I, I think it's an interesting movement moment, and we should try to replicate it in every in every way that we can. You know, yeah. you know it's, it. And I, it, what's what's been really interesting to me
2: is uh, about four years ago, I was elected to the state council of machinists, and we had never really. It, it's kind of like what you were saying. We've always been reticent about allowing. uh Outside interests, or you know, building allies within the community, and we and and it was my specific goal to completely change that and start reaching out to allies, and I and I, it's it's really shown, you know, even with us and and Jacob uh, as the Secretary Treasurer of the North Alabama Labor Council, to the to the best of my understanding, we were the only labor council in the entire Southeast United States to hold hold a labor for Black Lives matter rally Mm -hmm. and i think you know the i think that's kind of surprised everybody across the nation because i don't think uh there was a lot of trust in the labor movement in alabama Mm -hmm. especially but what we see with dsa and like all the other groups Mm -hmm. that you that you spoke about has really came out and just been amazing allies and support uh, around y'all's around y'all's campaign Mm -hmm. which is like you said it's completely unheard of I've never had the kind of help black y'all got, and it's beautiful.
3: Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. And I'd say too, um, did I forget the Northern Alabama Labor Council has been helping out on the phones?
3: <laughs> you did. There's only yeah. a few of us. That's so not a big deal. And
4: no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I just, uh, to, to your point though, I think it's, it's true. And you know, we've done similar things at our union before with building. Um, for example, when we ran the Guitar Center campaign, we did a whole sure. thing with musicians. When we did um the like bayland and other uh, smaller campaigns in new york we which were uh like queer sex positive uh you know businesses we built with a lot of the queer community in new york and everything and we're used to like building with community the car wash campaign that we did also from our union we built with we built with very long term uh, immigrant rights organizations in the in the local areas um but this is just different it's a different flavor it's it's from all over from all places And it's just the scale of it is extreme and everybody wants to help in a way that is different. Um, It's not just, it's not just like, can you endorse the campaign? It's Mm -hmm. people coming to say, how can I help? And I'm here for like two weeks. (laughs) And that kind of stuff is just so different than I'll give you a quote, you know, I'll give you, you know, this and that. And so I think it's just really a special moment. And I think it, it reminds me a lot of like, You know, the Occupy moment or other Mm -hmm. moments in where you just see outpourings of support, um, almost like uh, you light light a match and then, you know, you throw it into the fire kind of thing. Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, you you said that this is a this is a good moment. And, you know, David said something about this uh, before we went to break. Uh, How much are y'all willing to divulge your plans to turn this moment into a movement and and go to go to other uh, Amazon facilities?
4: Well, you know, that is, of course, something we're very sensitive about. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, for various reasons, you know, um, the last thing you want is for an employer to find out what your plans are. And so we're very tight about that. Um, But of course, there's been an outpouring of people reaching out to us. I mean, it's it's just the moment itself here is is massive. And mm-hmm. so there are many, many workers that are reaching out and inspired by the workers in Alabama. And that's the piece, too. Like, this campaign is nowhere without the inspiration of people like like Jennifer Bates mm-hmm. and like Daryl Richardson, but also like a lot of the people at the facility that are calling their coworkers, but are not in the public face, mm-hmm. and I think that that inspiration is just you know carrying on, hopefully, uh, to many Amazon workers, but just workers all over the country. Yes. So yep. what you're saying is we'll know when we need to know.
2: and I hope to God everybody will be as, as uh-huh. reticent to jump on board with the next group because, yeah. I, like you said, I believe this is a moment that everybody recognizes in the labor movement. That this is this could be a a, a, no, no. a windfall. Yeah a windfall not just for RWDSU and I think that's why everybody is willing to help because it could be a windfall for the nation right, everybody
3: yeah yeah and so you know, Adam was talking about the uh, uh, the importance of, of the folks on the ground and the conversations that are happening and he has been reading every sing- notes from every single phone call and so I want to talk specifically about those conversations and what they've been looking like throughout the campaign on the other side of the break stay tuned
1: Huntsville's number one news, talk, and weather station. WVNN, Athens. WVNN, FM, Trinity. A cumulus station. It's 10 o'clock.
0: From ABC News, I'm Brian Clark. The federal government's been trying to deal with a massive influx of migrant children at the southern border. Texas Governor Greg Abbott tells ABC it is a humanitarian disaster.
2: The Biden administration did not get prepared for what the floodgates would look like. And you're seeing it you're seeing the Biden administration scramble being incapable of dealing with the amount of the number of people coming across the border.
0: ABC's Matt Gutman is in El Paso with more on the conditions. Border patrol officials are trying to make it as comfortable as possible for these kids, but many of them are sleeping on what are basically um, camping mats on the floor. They have uh, those foil mylar blankets. That's all that they're given. Uh, They have warm clothes. They're given uh, ample food, but These are not conditions for children. They're pretty much jail-like conditions. And the problem is there's a massive backlog to try to get them to HHS facilities, which are designed to house children. Meanwhile, Americans are continuing to travel more. The TSA screened over a million flyers for the 14th day in March on Friday. More than 1.4 million people went through checkpoints, the highest number since last March. But President Biden and other officials in his administration are warning people not to let their guard down yet in this pandemic.
2: The president telling CDC scientists he's grateful for their work helping find effective
1: vaccines and warned another deadly surge could happen. Things may get worse
4: as new variants of the virus spread. That's why we need to vaccinate as many people as quickly as we possibly can.
1: The president celebrating the 100 million
2: vaccinations in fewer than 100 days, saying all Americans will soon be able to get the shot. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington.
0: The president was in Atlanta along with Vice President Harris to meet with Asian and Pacific Islander community leaders after the shootings at three spas in the area on Tuesday that left eight people dead. Six of them were Asian. The investigation continues. You're listening to ABC News. We know small business owners are too busy to worry about hiring all the time. That's why when you post your first job for free on LinkedIn Jobs, we tap a network of over 700 million professionals to help you find the quality candidate you need quickly, no matter what role you need them for. No, really, any role. Like marketing wizards? Found them.
6: That project manager I could never seem to hire?
0: Found them for free.
6: Even this
4: software engineer I'm totally lost without.
0: Consider them found. Incredible admins, otherworldly account analysts, and top-notch technicians? Found, found,
6: and found. An IT person who doesn't resent me for always forgetting my password? Frankly, we're not sure that's
0: a thing. So, how do we do it? Well, LinkedIn Jobs Targeting quickly matches your roles with candidates who have the right skills and experience, and puts your job in places they'll see every day. So, looking for an easier way to make that next hire? You found it. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com entertainment. That's linkedin.com slash entertainment.
5: Terms and conditions apply. Hey, y'all. Are you tired of hearing that the South is just a bunch of racist rednecks? Or tune in to Dixieland of the Proletariat podcast. We talk about Southern working class history and current events to a leftist perspective. Join Nelson, Senior Telecommunications Director Tommy comrade kate former pig farmer tyler and brother william wherever you stream your podcast and good lord william the creek don't rise we'll see y'all next time it's dixieland of the proletariat y'all where alabama talks
1: wvnn depend on it lonely dead stuck bleeding pig did you choose the ah, All right,
3: folks, inside. welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison here with my co-host David Storey. We have... Uh, We have the great Adam Obernauer of RWDSU. He is an organizer on the Amazon Union campaign uh, handling the phone banking. And so the the biggest reason that I wanted to talk to him is because, like I said before we went into the break, he has been reading notes from every single conversation that takes place over the phones um, and... That's a lot of conversations, you know. You've got you've got a hundred people making calls. That is, as I understand it, it's hundreds of calls a day, and these conversations are really bringing out. Some of the history that we talked about on our show on YouTube. If you only listen to us on the radio, you should definitely follow us on YouTube. We did an interview with Dr. Robin Kelly, who wrote Hammer and Hoe about uh, some of the more radical history of Alabama and the Alabama labor movement. And uh, and and Adam, you're saying that that a lot of this history is really coming out in the phone conversation. Yep. So talk to us about some of the some of the beats that you've that you've seen that you've talked about on your, um, in, in the debrief calls when, when we're, uh, uh, you know, wh- when we're talking about the phone, when the phone bankers are, are doing our debriefs, you've talked about beats that that the campaign has had on the phone banks uh, throughout the campaign. What have some of the major points been?
4: Yeah, no, that, so this is really interesting, right, because I think a lot of people have, have wondered, Well, what does that history have to do with this campaign? It's been so long ago. You know, what does that mean? And it is interesting because. Uh, you know, I wasn't sure what it would mean theoretically. Um, uh, the Robin Kelly's Hammer and Hoe is a phenomenal book, and I, I mean, I think that it's very inspirational to read that and see um, the the roots of of the history here in in the area, which is just it gives me a great appreciation for uh, Birmingham, for Bessemer, for for Alabama um, in, in a real way. And that's why when you see things like what a what an odd place that this is happening in alabama is just so ahistorical on so many levels and uh i thought i just think it's funny when i see that because it's like uh it, it not only uh doesn't take in part or in consideration the civil rights movement but also like the the, the radical labor history of the 30s in, in alabama and so yeah on the phones many workers have uncles or parents or grandparents in unions and what does that look like you know um so i spoke to a worker yesterday that uh, that had their grandparents were in the, the Mino Union uh, in, in the 30s. Their parents were in the Boilermakers Union uh naturally you know knew about unions knew about negotiations knew about all of this you know and and we're just excited that this was happening but that's just one conversation we've seen this many times on the phones we've seen the oh my uncle told me if i don't vote for the union he's going to come down here and you know there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of that and what does that mean well it's not just that they're union members it's that they have deep histories in a lot of their families of the union in general, and the unions in general, and I think it shouldn't be lost on people too what those unions were back then. I mean, they were really the forefront of what was seen as some of the most progressive and left partnerships between working class white people and 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 people of color, and specifically black people in Alabama and. It's it matters, right? I do think that the history matters. I think people's ancestry matters, and I think that their connections to the their the, the unions in their family's history can't be separated from the campaign. Yes. We just had uh, Chris put out a video with uh, a worker, uh, Emmett, who talks about his family's history in the in the unions too, and that's what got him interested in, in in joining. So just to say that, I mean, it's something that regularly comes up on on phone conversations for sure.
2: Yeah, and I know Jacob's got some other questions that he wants to get to. He's over. There. Typing right now, but I was wondering if you could just take a moment to speak to uh, what you. And it it goes back to what you heard on the phone. But one of the things that was that's been constantly said about I I can't believe this happened in Alabama, and I think that speaks to the level of oppression that these workers are seeing. uh, You know, uh, and I said it. I said it a few a few weeks ago. We we work a little bit. We talk slower in the south. We work a little bit slower in the South. where I mean, and, and it goes back to the heat that we are under, the humidity that we're under. We're just used to doing things a little bit slower because we know you got to make it through the entire day. And this company is not used to uh, our style of work at all. But, you know, so could you speak a little bit to what these workers, the, the, the pain and, and the agony that these workers are under right now? Because I think that puts a highlight on why it happened in Alabama
4: as opposed to other places. Sure, it's an, it's an interesting point. Um, you know, I think if you think of Amazon, it's a lot of uh, everything's monitored. When you step off your station, it's considered TOT time, time off task. So immediately, if you're off station, you know, um, that time starts ticking. So that's where you see the complaints about breaks, right? Why is there a complaint about a break? Well, if you got to walk to the break room in a big facility, and then you take your break, and then you got to walk all the way back. Like, how long is your break? It's it's half of what you thought it would be. And then your time mm-hmm. on task is ticking immediately when you walk off the station. And so that's definitely a, a major piece of frustration for for workers by and large. Um, and it's just the overall surveillance kind of style that Amazon has as a whole. That's just that basically you know um, you know pushing you to go as fast as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And like rate, right? You're judged upon your own rate. So if, you're, if your average rate is 250 pieces per hour and you fall behind to 230, you know th- then you can get a write-up. You know th- It's like the task is constantly being pushed and rate is constantly being pushed. And that's how Amazon kind of squeezes workers' labor out until the time that they're burnt out and then they just leave. And then they get another fresh person to come in and do that work until they squeeze them out. And then they always fall back on the, well, we have a $15.30- minimum wage here at Amazon which is partially true you know and and so you should be happy that's really offensive you know you should be happy with what we're giving you because mm-hmm. you know it not everything's just about wages and also 1530 is, is not a living wage yeah. uh you know it's it's not bad uh it's better than other places but that doesn't mean you know it's like the throw money at you so you should be happy kind of style which is is not very um it's, it's not very respectful yeah well um, but, and it's it's yeah.
3: not any uh, you know it's a little bit better than some other retail or service jobs but this is a warehouse job and josh brewer pointed out uh, in some of the other conversations that he has had that some of the small regional warehouses that y'all represent in the area their uh, wages are higher than Amazon's and they they certainly don't have the, you know the largess that Amazon does but they've got wages at some of those other smaller regional warehouses uh, 18 19 20 21 dollars an hour that y'all represent
4: yeah. And, I, you know, I like to say this a lot because, you know, I don't believe in unskilled labor. Yeah, you know, exactly. I think that it's it's just a it's a nonsense idea, even if you're working a job that you have to deal with customers and you have, have to deal with customer service, whatever it is in service industry, everything. And there's this idea that, you know, well, this is just unskilled. We'll just throw someone else. in. these are not unskilled jobs. I mean, it, it's just not. And so I think that when you look at that, there's a reason, you know, there are nurses that are unskilled labor in some places that when they don't have a union. Right, and they're making twelve bucks an mm-hmm. hour. I'm sure people would think that that's unskilled. You know, you look at people; it's just all about organizing, right? right? Yeah. And and it's all about. Having a union, and at the end of the day, if nurses never organized, if teachers never organized, I mean, it's only we're 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 very close from considering that unskilled labor to a degree, um, mm-hmm. in, in in my opinion, because I think that uh, you know everything can, you have to organize in order to take what you deserve, and I think that when you look at some warehouse jobs, I and mean, we at the RWDSU also have warehouse workers that are making seventy, eighty thousand yeah. dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Um, we have really good warehouse contracts in in other places around the country too and not just alabama which we also have higher wages in in some of the warehouse work here so i think a lot of it just it's that perception right in retail too it's it's interesting we have retail workers that make commission that make a hundred thousand dollars a year and that are members of this union which is wild right Right. but then you have also retailers that are non-union that the workers make minimum wage and no commission so where's the you know, like the only difference is the union. The, yeah. the,
2: the unskilled part is only unskilled until somebody, and it's really a class, it's a way mm-hmm. of. of of convincing the working class to turn against the other work portion of the working class, but the unskilled portion is only unskilled until you leave McDonald's or Hardee's or what have you, and they screwed up your hamburger. Then all of a sudden, right. you want skilled workers, you know. And it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's just it's a slap in the face to anybody. All we say it all the time: all work has value. And if you don't believe that, then you know you you don't deserve to. Mm-hmm. You really don't deserve anything because everybody out there is struggling. Simple as that. There's no such mm-hmm. thing as unskilled workers, no matter mm-hmm. where you're at. I can guarantee you, especially at Amazon, because they probably got a lot of a lot more technologically advancements than, than what most workers see in their day to day life. Mm-hmm.
5: mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So at, you know, at what are some the, the, the what are the more anti-union workers that that folks in the phone banks are are, are talking to because you know of course there's been a really good reception that that i've seen calling workers i i've not i've actually not had a bad conversation i've not been i've not talked to any virulently anti-union workers there but there there are a few and and what did like what do they say when you like tell them these things and and what are they saying to, to the folks and and there are a lot of them that have been brought from really anti-union to now being kind of central in the campaign and calling other workers supporting the union so so what have they been saying while they're anti-union and what has the journey looked like uh and we've we've only got about a minute and a half left so if you need to pick it up on the other side of the break that's fine
4: yeah no i'll just say this um union busting is psychological warfare it is you know a constant a constant attack on information and when you are an employer and you can sit down workers to sit down through five to ten classes as they call them um and 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 uh it's it's really difficult sometimes for anyone to just uh to to push through it and a lot of so a lot of workers and and i say that to to answer the question jacob to say that a lot of workers um that we talk to will say look i just want this all to be over like i'm tired of hearing from the amazon i'm tired of hearing from the union there's just too much information and that's a goal that union busting has right is to say we're just going to throw so much information to the point where nobody knows what information is true nobody knows what information is false and and that's that and so that's part of it Um, the dues right the confusion around dues is a big thing right even though alabama is a right to work state and you wouldn't have to pay dues Um, and we lean into that to say look like you pay dues if the union has a a good contract and you have a good steward structure you have a good but you know to get there um, it takes a while right in a conversation because there's a lot um, going on so i would say that a lot of workers do flip though when you talk about it and they realize that
1: we'll pick that up on the other side stay tuned You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Storey and Jacob Morrison.
3: The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years. Providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time. But the attorneys at Maples, Tucker & Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple Tucker & Jacobs at 855 617 9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash thevalleylaborreport. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash thevalleylaborreport to support our work and keep us on the air. If you're looking for contractors with lower than average EMR and TRIR, if you need to supplement a workforce at any level for any amount of time, if you need iron workers that come trained and certified at no extra cost, or if you need workers from superintendent down to general laborer and you're looking to start work on a project or you're unhappy with your current contractor situation, you need to call my friend Jeb Miles with the Iron Workers Local 477. They only work with the best in the business, vetted contractors, and can do all kinds of jobs from roofing, to steel and bridge erection, from welding to heavy rigging, from structural repairs to machinery alignment and much more. They supply manpower on 4 of the 5 largest projects in North Alabama, so you know they're legit. If you need good quality, safe, efficient, diligent and knowledgeable workers on your job, then you need the Iron Workers Local 477. Call Jeb Miles at 256-383 334. that's 256 383 or via email at local477 at bellsouth.net, and make sure you tell them that you heard
1: about them on the Valley Labor Report. It's your news now. WVNN, depend on it.
3: Welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison here with my co-host, David Story. On the line, we have the great Adam Obernauer, an organizer with RWDSU. Uh, We were talking about some of the conversations that phone bankers and workers, organizers, volunteers have been having with some of the uh, anti-union workers in the facility. Um, and, And so, Adam, I'll let you pick back up there where you left off.
4: Yeah. And and I'll just be brief, brief on this too. You know, I'll just say that the the workers here uh, overall have just been very resilient. And so Mm -hmm. they could go through nine, you know, anti-union classes and then we could talk to them for 30, 40 minutes and, and, and they will come around and understand that, you know uh, this it's, it's a little bizarre. I'll say one of the, that Amazon focused so much on vote. No. And I'll say one of the things that's really helpful is to say, well, Look, why do you think if, if the union's so bad, you know, why do you think Amazon's spending so much money and time pulling you from time off tasks? They're pulling you for these classes and they're mm-hmm. so on you about making sure you don't get pulled from your class, from your time off task, even for breaks. Yep. But all of a sudden they're willing to take you out on these classes to teach you about why the union is bad. If it's, you know, why do you think they're doing that? You know, why do you think that they're paying these these educators thirty two hundred dollars a day, a day? And they've got so many of them in there, you know, uh, to to convince them that the union's bad. If it's that bad, you know, from Amazon's perspective, then then maybe it's something worth looking into. And that's sometimes what uh, will click with with one of the work. Some of the workers is, yeah, you know, like, I don't know why they're spending so much time on this, you know. And, And so I think that that's really helpful, especially thinking about how anal Amazon management. Management is about you coming off your task but they're more than happy to pull you off to talk to you about mm-hmm. how the union's bad um so that's interesting so i guess you know telling uh, telling you that the union's bad is much more important than you using the bathroom and right and i think that's a that's a good uh it's been helpful on the phones
2: yeah and when you yeah. say the union's bad i think it's important to clarify what 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 they're saying is the union is not going to be any help for the worker right there's not going to be anything there that you know you're just going to pay dues and they're not going to do anything for you mm-hmm. so uh you know, yep. I just wanted to clarify that they're, that 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 what they're saying is they're not going to do anything for you. You're right. going to get nothing out of it except for you're going to have to pay, you
4: know, a few few dollars a month. Yeah. Right. And because what they do is they, and, and this I'm sure you're familiar with, right? They third party the union, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well. And they don't then, third party and,
3: their lawyers and the people they pay $3,000 a day <laughs> that are literally, that nobody in the nobody in the warehouse asked for those people to come in there and talk to them. People asked the union to, uh, you know, the, the RWDSU to talk to them and, and they're talking to each other. And so, but, you know, but they're the third party, not the, not the union busting lawyers that they pay millions of dollars. To certainly not.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what we say always to to people on the phones is look, you all are creating and building your union. And whether you like it or not, you know, your coworkers did, thousands of your coworkers are building this union and they wanted, they expressed interest in building this union. And so if they say, well, what can the union do for you? A lot of the times we like to say, well, you're building the union. What would you like to do with your coworkers to change things at Amazon? And then there's a confusing shift sometimes. It's like, wait, how am I the union? well i mean you literally are Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is how it works and you know we're here to guide you through the process but the process is the process and we hope that you're able to take back power and ownership and agency of your lives through the unionization process and and a lot of times that does click with people because they're like oh wait so you work for the union what's Mm -hmm. in it for you it's like honestly at the end of the day like i'm going to we're gonna keep organizing other places. So it really it's gonna yeah. change your life. It's not gonna change the staff life of people that work at the union. It's it's not about us. Right. And so that's usually pretty helpful in yeah. talking to folks.
3: I found that it's pretty helpful, uh, when they realize that I'm not even staff. I'm not a <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm yeah. a member of some random yeah. other union that, that's just in it because uh, you know, I love the workers, and I love worker power, and I think they deserve more. And so that that's been, you know, whenever I've had the more extended conversations, uh, you know, I've been able to tell them like, look, there's literally, I don't get commission for this. This isn't my union. This is my movement, and this, you know, and I, and I believe that that everybody deserves more. Have there been any, you know, specific conversations that you wanted to to uh, that, that that you'd like to pull out, or, or is kind of the broad strokes cover most of it?
4: No, I think most of it's covered. I mean, you know, I I think we've covered most of it. And I'd say too, on the, the, like you said, with the volunteer, the one thing I'll say is there's this, uh, the the thing that they floated around was about the union, their fancy expensive cars. So I like to say (laughs) on the phones, when I hear that, it's like, if you know who's giving away these cars, let me know. I don't have a car. I haven't had a car in years. So uh, I'd love to get you know give me the number of who I can call. Can you ask that labor class guy who the right. union staff can call to get one of those cars? You yeah. know, so it's, it's yeah. you know it's pretty funny, it's special.
3: So how are <laughs> how are y'all how are y'all looking? How do y'all feel? We with the vote ends in nine days. All ballots have to be in uh, by March the 29th. How how's RWDSU feel?
4: We feel pretty good it's it's tough it's a tight race you know i'm just just to be very honest about it you know amazon has done what we would say is like psychological warfare and really hammered down on all of this and so there are people that are uh, you know not in favor of the union but there are many people that are in favor the playing field is not even i think this campaign exposed that to the mainstream on some things that we've known for quite a while um but it, it is a close one i do believe we're winning the atmosphere Um, I do believe that there there are a lot of workers that are calling us saying, hey, like, you know, I want to support the union now. I didn't support the union before. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's because of all the support. The community canvases matter. Workers are seeing people in their communities knocking on doors and they say, I thought, is the union knocking on doors? No, those are that's your community members just supporting you. Um, You know, that has come up on the phones also. And so we feel pretty good about it. Um, it's such a large election; it's hard to tell, of course, because there's so many workers. But you know, we're we're looking onward and we're feeling hopeful.
3: What about folks that uh, want to volunteer that haven't been able to get integrated into the campaign yet? What you know, if there if there are folks listening that wanna that wanna help and wanna support, what can people do at this point?
2: Yeah, well, you got one week left, so yeah. there's not a whole lot of time
4: there's not a whole lot but there is a week left today and tomorrow we have community canvases going on you can come by the union hall at today we have music we're going to have food trucks it's going to be a whole community day at the hall uh tomorrow there's another community canvas meeting out of the hall too um and so i would suggest if if you can this weekend that's it's going to be a big a big day it's going to be a lot of fun um and in addition to that you know We're looking forward to winning a contract fight. So this This is like, like, we're looking for long-term relationships to build. So anyone that's in the area, you know, come on and contact us. And we're looking to build some real community support here. If you're not in the area, we probably have a legal battle on our hands. So uh, feel free to reach out um, to to me too. If you want to get involved, I can plug you into the right space. And when you say the Union Hall, everybody in Alabama knows where Five
2: Point South is. I mean, Five Point South in Birmingham is like an iconic area. The Union Hall is just around the corner from Five Point South. So if you Google RWDSU, I think it's Mid South uh, Council, uh, that will take you directly to the Union Hall. But if you're if you're a little bit unsure, it's it's basically two blocks over and one block. Uh, North from five points south so it's very easy to find there's a lot of parking down there uh not not right in front of the hall but you can park Mm -hmm. just about anywhere downtown and uh you're you're just a few blocks walking distance from it and i would assume today with the wonderful nina turner coming out that you are going to have some more kind of i really wanted to be there for that because uh i just love her to death she's Mm-hmm. A, a, a brilliant ally. Both uh, of
3: both of us have heard her in person in it, and I think it's been one of the more e- e- for each of us. I think it's been one of the more inspiring speeches that we've heard.
4: Yeah, she's phenomenal. She'll be here uh, in in a little bit, and we are all inspired by Nina Turner. And our union is happy to also support her campaign. Um, and awesome. so, so for, for sure. And we've got a couple more surprises. Hopefully you know um for the next week uh to to see you know we might have another couple community days and things like that so we're looking forward to it all and uh and yeah definitely uh reach out to me if you want to get involved in some form or fashion we'll try to see do our best to plug you into how to support
3: awesome adam thank you so much you've been very generous with your time uh do you have any closing thoughts for folks one minute left
4: um My closing thoughts, I would say, you know, is is for everybody that's looking to organize a union in your workplace uh, to not be discouraged. You know, I think that one thing that the Amazon workers has shown workers in general and people in this country is that you can take on Goliath and you can do it with collective action and with power that you build with your coworkers. And sometimes it feels really, really hard and it feels like you can't do it and it's too big and we've heard that a lot from people at amazon is you really think the union can take on amazon or jeff bezos so you really right. think and you know we hear that from small employers too like workers that work are at a place it's like you ah, can you really take on this you know we're, we're not going to win you can win and you can take on you know the biggest employer in the country and i think that that inspiration uh sometimes we get caught up in not thinking things are possible yeah. and you know everything's impossible until it's done and i think we got to have a radical imagination sometimes to think of what we can do and that's i think my close what i'd say is my closing words
2: yeah. i <laughs> mean we, we 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 are the workers we mm-hmm. are the producers and, and it's and we have been browbeat for so long that it's mm-hmm. a lot of times it's hard for people to wrap their minds around we can stop any yeah. day that we want to yeah and when we stop Capitalism loses. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's. That, I mean, and and shop floor democracy is is a beautiful thing when it when everybody comes together.
3: Yeah, all wealth is created by labor. Uh, they wouldn't have anything to invest if it wasn't for the product, uh, the fruits of our labor. So, uh, you know, we all the powers in our hands if we want to take it. Adam, thank you so much for being so generous with your time. I've really enjoyed the conversation. I think everybody else has. And uh, and yeah, thanks for talking to us, brother. I appreciate it. No, thank you, guys. All right, folks, uh, make sure you stay tuned. We are talking to Anna Mudd, a legislative assistant with the National Association of Letter Carriers, about the repeal of the pre-funding mandate. Stay tuned.
1: You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. This is News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. News starts now. President Biden and Vice President Harris in Atlanta Friday addressing the nation after meeting with Asian American women. This says Americans mourn the deaths Of those shot to death in the city this past week, six of the eight victims were Asian women. ABC's Elwin Lopez is in Atlanta.
6: From coast to coast, an outpouring of support and growing tributes for those killed, among them a mother, a wife, an Army veteran.
4: So I'm just here to kind of pay my respects for the victims
1: um, because they're the ones that need to be front and center right now. Atlanta police say they're exploring every motive in their investigation of 21-year-old suspect Robert Aaron Long. In Dallas, one person dead, five others wounded following an early morning nightclub shooting. The gunfire, after a fight broke out between two groups in the club, police say the shooter is at large. And Japan rattled by a 7.0 magnitude earthquake, buildings shaking in Tokyo, but no reports of any damage or injuries. Dave Packer, ABC News.
3: The attorneys at Maples, Tucker and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years. Providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time. But the attorneys at Maples, Tucker & Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple Tucker & Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. People across Alabama are hurting. Elected leaders have bailed out corporations while sending only a one-time cash payment to working families despite record unemployment and a public health crisis. Hometown Action is fighting for working people across Alabama to build inclusive and sustainable small-town and rural communities. Hometown Action demands that Congress pass a people's bailout that expands health care, sends cash payments to families, and invests in green jobs to restart the economy. Now is the time to act. Learn more at www.hometownaction.org. The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash thevalleylaborreport. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash thevalleylaborreport to support our work and keep us on the air.
1: You have questions, we have answers. News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Depend on it. WVNN.
3: All right, folks, welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison here with my co-host, David Story, on the line. Now we have Anna Mudd. She is assistant to the national president of the National Association of Letter Carriers. And she is talking to us today about the uh, repeal of the pre-funding mandate that the Postal Service has. It's a very important issue. Uh, We've talked about it on the show before, but it has been a long time. So Anna's going to give us a refresher and talk to us about the fight to get it repealed in this congressional session. Anna, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today.
6: Oh, thank you guys for having me on. i'm I'm honored to be a part of the show and look forward to talking to everybody down there about um, some of the issues facing pay- the postal service.
2: It, you, let me just say this to start. It is so nice to talk to somebody with a southern accent.
6: <laughs> <laughs> we, I get that love. everywhere I go when I when I travel up north. They tell me I have an accent, and I tell them no. They're the ones with the yeah, accent. Right. So we, um, we, we, I'm I'm proud of my roots. I'm from uh, Louisville, Kentucky. I live in Southern Indiana now, and and very proud of it. And don't try to shy away from it.
2: Yeah, it, it, you can. Uh, the, the southern accent, especially Kentucky, it sounds uh-huh. like Loretta Lynn all <laughs> so that's awesome coal miners daughter there. there you
3: go there you go yeah we we love it we love our yankee brother adam but but uh we we love our southern folks too so we're both of us born and raised here in alabama uh love seeing some kin folks on the show show so anna you are you know like we were just talking about you're from the south but uh you ended up in uh the labor movement what's up with that
6: well, um, I joined the postal service back in 96, so I'll be uh, a letter carrier for 25 years come next month. and uh, I grew up in a non-union household. my My dad was an auto mechanic, um, barely made enough to feed us. we We relied on the food banks and pantries and and the schools to do the clothing drives uh, for my two sisters and myself um, sometimes to uh to get by a member going to yard sales and that kind of thing for clothing so when when i became an employee at the postal service and uh, discovered they had a union it was kind of a no-brainer on uh wanting to get involved with that um just carried mail for quite a while and then um started seeing some of the issues on on the work floor facing letter carriers and we have a lot of members that are um just don't really have a voice for themselves. They want to lay low, not rock the boat, not want to stir up any trouble. And I kind of, you know, was known as as the loudmouth on the workroom floor, to to be honest. And, you know, was told, well, you know, can you go talk to the supervisor about this? And I just wanted to really be a voice for my fellow letter carriers in there and, and try to help right some of those wrongs. Um, our letter carrier union is one of the the great postal unions um for the post office and uh, really strong union really believe in what they're for they they put their members first and uh just really wanted to be a part of that um the way i grew up I, I didn't want my fellow workers to uh to have to go back to any of that and wanted to just kind of be a voice and believe in what unions do and the quality of life that they give their workforce
3: yeah that's, that, that's beautiful, strong, correct, uh, and, and right. So uh, thank you, Anna, for your service to the, uh, the workers of this country and, and, and your work in the labor movement. So let's talk about the pre-funding mandate. What, what is it?
6: The, the pre-funding mandate is, is something that has uh, burdened the Postal Service since 2006. You might have heard the Postal Accountability and Enhancement Act Um, was passed into law, and basically it's a mandate that the Postal Service pre-fund decades worth of retiree health benefits for people that haven't even been hired or born yet, not even employed with the Postal Service. And it's unique to the Post Office because we're the only public public or private sector that has this mandate placed upon us. So, you know, in 2006, when it was passed, it, you know, the post office was going strong. You know, everybody loves the post office, still do. But then the recession hit shortly after, a couple years after. And, you know, like the rest of the country, it, it placed a big burden on us as well. And uh, the payment is about uh, a little over $5 billion a year. And we've lost probably... Um, over the last 14 years it, it accounts for about 84 percent of of the losses for the post office mm-hmm. so what we've done we we've been trying to re- repeal this pre-funding mandate through uh, legislation you know as long as i can remember we were doing very well with that last congress um last february we actually had a law passed in the house it was hr 2382 And it passed overwhelmingly. Um, I think it was about 309 um, voted in favor of it and only 106 congressmen voted against it. And what's great about that and brilliant about that is all the lobbying that we've done um, with our members of Congress in the country to educate them about how burdensome this pre-funding mandate is and that passed with bipartisan support which Mm -hmm. our union really really believes in is in favor of the postal service is an american entity it serves Mm -hmm. um the american public you know from the east to the west coast north to south no matter what political party or what kind of personal beliefs you have the postal service serves everyone and we firmly believe that we just need to get in there and let these congressmen know how how um, hard this mandate has hit the postal service and how we need to get out from under it to look toward the future and mm-hmm. and to start having the ability, the capability financially to do some of the things that will move us back um, to be where we we're, we're not worried about you know are we going to shutter the doors or what our All future right. looks like. So we have uh, we're working on that. Like I said, it passed the house. Um, back February of 2020. And we were working on educating our members in the Senate and and speaking with them about the pre-funding mandate and, and trying to get it moved forward to where we could get it passed into law. And then as you guys know, and everybody in the country knows the COVID-19 mm-hmm. pandemic hit, um, you know, late February, early March, and everyone's focus shifted to trying to keep themselves safe, their family safe. Mm. their business afloat, and the Postal Service was no stranger to to that. Um, We were still out there every day, you know, seven days a week, delivering the mail um, on the front lines for the American public because that's what we do as letter carriers. Um, It was was really not a thought in our head that we didn't want to keep delivering for the public because we knew that a lot of people weren't going out. They were staying at home. A lot of people were losing their jobs. And we wanted to be there to provide for them. And the way we did that was, you know, bringing their medicine still. A lot of yep. people were ordering their groceries online. Um, we wanted to continue to do that. So unfortunately our education um, to the Senate kind of uh, took, took a backslide to that. The, the um, House of Representatives, the Senate, the administration, they were, you know, trying to feel their way through this pandemic as well. So, unfortunately, the bill did not move any further um, last year um, in the 116th Congress. But it's- fortunately, we uh, we continue to lobby, and the bill um, to repeal the pre-funding mandate has been introduced, reintroduced in this 117th Congress in the House and the Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, in the House, it is H.R. 695, and... Uh, so far, as of this morning, it has 257 bipartisan co-sponsors already on on the bill. And in the Senate, it is S-145. And like I said, we, our focus has been in the House on it right now. We're looking to maybe get that move forward and uh, try to get as many co-sponsors upwards of that 300 mark like we had last Congress and maybe try to bring it to the floor for a vote again. And then we feel uh, fairly confident that um, we can work on it in the Senate and and have bipartisan support there as well. It's, I it's,
2: think. With the, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, no, go ahead. I, I was going to say I, it's important for listeners to point out because you kind of glossed over this pre-funding for decades, and it's mm-hmm. important for listeners to understand if I if I could be break it down for just a second. Is this pre-funding is basically w- what what Congress did then. In an attempt to privatize the U.S. Post Office, was require the Postal Service to pre-fund to to have in savings. If correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it was 75 years of medical and retirement benefits for every postal carrier, every worker in the United States. It, you know, and so when when the listeners think about this put that into perspective of what your budget would be like if you're Mm -hmm. making a monthly health care and 401k or pension contributions for
3: 75 years for 75 years you're literally having to save for postal workers that aren't even born yet right anna yeah it was it's
6: for retiree health benefits um Seventy-five years into the future, like you said, and that's a big burdensome payment. You know, most, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, pretty kidding. much everyone in, in America is on a pay-as-you-go, mm-hmm. and that's simply what we want to do. We want to be on equal footing with everyone else, not have that um, yearly payment hanging over our head. And we had put nearly fifty billion in there and, and have amassed that before we had to. Uh, not be able to make those payments anymore because we simply weren't making enough money to make them and we had exhausted um our our uh, borrowing limit with the u.s treasury so um, we've enough in there that you know 10 to 15 years we we could still you know fund these retiree health benefits and so we we just simply want to pass legislation to where we don't have this mandate hanging over our head and and that we would be on a pay-as-you-go same as everyone else and I, I'm glad you brought that up, that point up, because a lot of people look at, at the postal service like it's archaic now. Um, people use the internet, they pay their bills online. But you guys know down there in rural Alabama, the same as where I'm from yep. in rural Kentucky, we have a lot of folks still that rely on the mail and, and really want to see their postal carrier every day. Not everyone uses the internet. Kentucky doesn't have, you know, a whole lot of uh, internet capability in a lot of the uh, Appalachian mountains in the rural areas. I, my family's from, you know, Clinton County, Kentucky, which they they still don't have good internet down there in some of my relatives' homes. And this past year during the COVID pandemic has really brought that to light about how much the American public still relies on the postal service. And a lot of people want to see us thrive. Um, Well into the future. And your your all show talks about union brotherhood and and the union fighting for American workers. And and that's what we do. I can retire in 10 years. But as a union advocate, I want to fight for those people that are just now coming in the door, mm-hmm. our city carrier assistants that are on a path to career. I want to fight for them. I want the post office to be here well after I'm gone and maybe one of them sitting on a talk show here with somebody in, in 20 years talking about the Postal Service and how it is still providing for the American public. And that's what our union does. We want to look out for the people that are just coming in the door we wanna make sure that, that the post office thrives and is there to provide that service for the American public because service is in our name and that is what we still wanna provide. That's what we believe in and we're gonna to continue to fight for it. And a lot of that is through education and it's education getting out to the the regular people that that may not know some of the issues facing the postal service because they don't hear about it and your show is a good way to do that.
5: Thank yeah.
2: you. Yeah. And, and, not, and, and, and the thing is, not everybody can afford to pay 18 or $20, mm-hmm. and no disrespect to the privatized uh, industries, but not everybody can afford to pay that to go out and, and mm-hmm. send a letter. And, and if you don't send a letter to ship something, I mean, it's, it's substantially lower, and y'all's hands are tied. You know, if if people say, "Well, why don't why can't they just raise a little bit more money?" Well, guess what? The postal service don't get to set the rates, that, right. so they they y'all are forced to prefund this, and then you rely on congress to set the rates so it's it's a double whammy on y'all
3: yeah and we're going to be talking some more to anna mud assistant to the national president of the national association of letter carriers about this issue and more on the other side of the break stay tuned you are listening to the valley labor report
1: you're listening to the valley labor report with david story and jacob morrison
3: The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash thevalleylaborreport. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash thevalleylaborreport to support our work and keep us on the air. People across Alabama are hurting. Elected leaders have bailed out corporations while sending only a one-time cash payment to working families despite record unemployment and a public health crisis. Hometown Action is fighting for working people across Alabama to build inclusive and sustainable small town and rural communities. Hometown Action demands that Congress pass a people's bailout that expands health care, sends cash payments to families, and invests in green jobs to restart the economy. Now is the time to act. Learn more at www.hometownaction.org. The American Federation of Government Employees, AFGE, Local 1858, believes all workers are entitled to fairness, dignity, and respect. AFGE also knows that the best way to guarantee proper treatment is for workers to stand together, united, looking out for each other. In AFGE, we fight for workers every day to ensure a workplace that is safe and free from harassment. If you're a federal employee and want to be a part of this union to protect yourself and your fellow workers, call 256-876-4880. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple Tucker, and Jacobs at 855 617 617 9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms.
1: WVNN
3: the WVNN WVNN you cover the... All right, folks. Welcome back to the valley. Battle- Report. My name is Jacob Morrison here with my co-host, David Story, on the line. We've got Anna Mudd. She is assistant to the National President of the National Association of Letter Carriers. We're talking about the pre-funding, the repeal of the pre-funding mandate, which if you're just, uh, if you just got in your car, you're listening now, um, what it does is it requires the Postal Service to pre-fund retiree health health, health costs and benefits for 75 years in Advance. That is a requirement that no other federal agency, no other private entity has to do, but they put that on the Postal Service, and so that accounts for the vast majority of debt. You always hear folks about talk, talking about, oh, the Postal Service is in debt. Oh, the Postal Service is in debt. That accounts yeah. for, uh, for, she said, 80%, more than 80% of the debt that the Postal Service has had to take on since it passed in two thousand and six, maybe we should get Congress
2: to 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 do the same thing for Congress. We've putting Congress yeah, and the well, staffers for seventy five years.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, so how quick will we <laughs> shut down? Then? Yeah, right. So we, uh, so they have been obviously because this is this is an uh, extremely onerous requirement on the postal service. They've been trying to get it repealed ever since it passed. And last year it passed the House with bipartisan support. And I was talking to Anna yesterday about this, and she said that our very own Mo Brooks voted for the repeal. And so this really goes to show you the bipartisan support that the repeal has. And so uh, you said that you've already got two hundred and fifty something co-sponsors on the repeal in the house uh how is it how is it looking to getting it on the floor getting it passed through the house getting it passed through the senate and what can folks do to make sure that
5: happens
6: uh, well jacob uh i'm sorry I, when we were speaking yesterday i had said that mo brooks voted in support of that i meant to say that it was mike rogers Oh. We had three of yeah, three of the congressmen in, in Alabama voted in favor of it last year. At her home sewell being Terry Sewell. Um but we we feel very confident that, that like I said, we have the bipartisan support. And what we were talking about earlier is how much the American public and the members of Congress now know how important the, the post office is. And for all of the bad uh, negativity with the COVID nineteen and and all of the losses and and everything that everybody has has had to sustain, the COVID nineteen pandemic did bring to light how important the postal service is, hmm. and that bipartisan support is is what what is important. Um, all of our members of Congress um, are starting to realize that that this mandate can be corrected and that we can. Maybe repeal that through legislation and, and have the money to uh, invest in, in our infrastructure, our vehicles, um, some of our facilities, mm. and, and continuing to serve the American public that way. And we're, we're pretty confident with the new administration that um, we're going to be able, hopefully, to get in there and meet, meet in person. We have a great... Um, Structure there in Alabama. We've got a great uh, state president of the National Association of Letter Carriers. Her name's Antonia Shields. We have several congressional liaisons there, and they're kind of our voices for um, the NALC in, in our different districts in the congressional areas in, in the different states. And we could use um, the public's help for them to let their congressmen and women and their senators know how important the post office is to them and how much they have utilized the postal service and will continue to rely on them you know your letter carrier is is your friend it's your letter carrier you look forward to seeing them every day and Mm -hmm. they're the eyes and ears pretty much in your neighborhoods we have carriers across the country that have you know saved people from from burning houses have have seen some of their customers you know not retrieving their mail they've reported that and maybe the customer is in there um we've we've kind of pay attention to packages missing to people lurking around um children that are out you know you know wandering we we are the eyes and ears of the community and and that is something that is, is not really talked about when you talk about the yep. postal service but your letter carrier is there seven days a week every house on every street in every neighborhood and and some of those issues that we want to continue to provide the six six seven day delivery um your door-to-door delivery we want to go to every door every single day um we want to stay you know to where we aren't privatized um I noticed David has the U.S. Mail Not For Sale shirt on, and I love that. I, I wanted to comment on that the minute I opened this up um, on the Zoom call because uh, I've got a couple of them in my drawer. But we appreciate that, and, and that's what we do is, as unions. We we help our, our fellow unions in um, their time of need, and, and mm-hmm. we appreciate all of the other union support and helping us get the word out. Mm-hmm. about The post office is here to stay, and it's just some of the issues – that we need to to really, you know, educate our congressmen and women on to do the right thing, and I think we're well on our way to to uh, passing this uh, law to repeal the pre-funding mandate and and come into you know the future with the postal service and continue to provide for the american public which is what it's all about on behalf of the nalc that's why we do what we do is so we can continue to serve the american public through the postal service
2: and right. it, and it's important to point out you know you brought up uh, at the beginning of the of the show or at the beginning of the episode that your family relied on a lot of the food banks mm-hmm. and a lot of the things like that. And I don't know the exact date, but I think it's sometime in May. I certainly know it's sometime in spring. You know, the letter carriers is always doing a food drive at their mailbox and, and mm-hmm. should point that out, that, uh, you know, y'all do a lot of great work in the community besides the the service that you provide carrying mail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you said, uh, helping out members, but, that you know, that, that food drive is right. like, the most amazing food drive in the in the, in the nation for certain I, I yeah. would wager to say in the world that there's more i don't know how many pounds but i follow it every year and kind of look it up and it's just like wow it's yeah. unbelievable the amount of food that y'all help out in the communities with
3: yeah, and that that's a really important part of, of like uh, Anna like you said the labor movement you know helping helping out our brothers and sisters in the labor movement and in our community uh, you know if you go back through our YouTube page we've interviewed uh, iron workers and, and electrical workers and talked about some of the stuff that they've done for free in their community and and it's really uh, it, it's really great working people being able to support themselves help themselves and, and help their neighbors and 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 uh, that that's the kind of thing that, that that unions can can do for folks when they are at Able to uh, lift themselves out of poverty, uh, you know. Letter carriers are not having to go to, you know. It's a, it's a real living wage now that, that letter carriers have, and and of course, you know, they can make more, but but it's and, not. It's and a- they're the
2: largest private employer of veterans in the United yeah. States.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's just so so much uh, so much important stuff. So Anna, we've got about uh, about a minute left. Have you got any closing thoughts for uh, for the audience about this issue and about the letter carriers?
6: Well, I just want to say um, thank you, guys, first and foremost, for bringing this issue to light and and letting us have the opportunity to get on here and, and educate the public on on what is facing the postal service and to remind them to let let their uh, representatives know how much they they still know and love us and utilize us but i want to give a shout out to all my brothers and sisters that are still out there carrying mail seven days a week this Mm -hmm. this covid19 pandemic has been hard on all of them but they're still out there because they believe in the service they provide um, you talked about the food banks. That's the second Saturday in May. Um, it's going to be moved back a little bit this year again, I believe, because of the COVID-19. But we're still doing, you know, food banking behind the scenes virtually and, and telephonically and that kind of thing. But I, I do want to, you know, just let them know that the the representation they give us day in and day out with the mm-hmm. American public is is something that really keeps us going and and keeps everybody a favorable light uh, toward the post office. You know, we might have some different service issues and and this and that that, you know, might be a a rarity here. Thank you
3: you very much for talking to us. Uh, We are coming up. uh, Bye.